0: Fantasy football today from CBS Sports. Here we go! Email us at fantasyfootball at CBSI.com. Here we go! It's time to dominate your fantasy league. Let's go! Now, here's some combination of Adam, Dave, Jamie, and E. All
1: right. Welcome to the show. What's going on? A lot of average draft position talk. Do you think there's anybody out there, Dave, that doesn't know at this point what ADP stands for? I think
2: like 90% to 95% of people who play fantasy football know exactly what ADP stands for. That's a good thing. People are getting involved with the lingo of fantasy. Yeah. Hooray.
1: Some people are like, what have you been talking about this whole time? PPR, ADP, what is it? Average draft position. So we'll talk about some risers and some fallers. Jamie's going to join us shortly, and he's going to tell you of any very funny story about the homework assignment I gave him. I think I'm getting sick, Dave. Would you mind hosting today? Yeah, if you need me to take care of it, I will. Just do the whole show. Um, but
2: but then I'm gonna go ahead and talk about what I wanna talk about, which is <laughs> not late p- round sleepers and that's fine. You know, best pizza places in North America. Who's your you favorite know, we'll,
1: late round sleeper and where would he eat pizza if he were going to eat pizza?
2: It would be my favorite late round I really have two. Uh I I prefer Darren Waller to TJ Hawkinson, but I really like them both. They're both two guys that I'm gonna try and get late on all my teams and I might be able to come up with a third and a fourth one as we roll along but I'm not okay. ready to say those names yet if you just for those people that don't want to carry two tight ends because I get it and I'm trying to think of the best pizza place in uh in the bay area you know Nathan Nathan told me one a long time ago I can't even remember the name of it and I went there to have pizza and it was closed <laughs> which was really disappointing very very disappointing so uh yeah somewhere in san francisco there's a really great place that nathan zagura recommended that's where darren waller went to go eat pizza
1: all right great so good good job to darren waller that sounds delicious here's a quick average draft position checkup for the guys that we keep on talking about uh since the andrew luck lamar miller news and plus one more bonus adp checkup that really blew my mind some guy that i think it's getting it's getting a little early for me, but we'll see. So I'm looking at FantasyFootballCalculator.com.
2: Georgios. Georgios. Okay, the Georgios. name of the place is Georgios. There
1: you have it. FantasyFootballCalculator.com over the last two days since the injury news, since the retirement news. T.Y. Hilton and Marlon Mack are being drafted similarly. T.Y. Hilton 49th overall. That's the first pick of round five in a 12-team league. Hilton's going after Cooper Cup and Kenny Galladay. He's going just before Tyler Boyd and a couple of running backs, Tevin Coleman and Phillip Lindsey. So, Cup, Galladay, T.Y. T. Y. Hilton, Tyler Boyd. Those are ADP uh, for wide receivers toward the end of round four, beginning of round five. Marlon Mack is going a little bit before that. He's going forty fifth overall. He's the twenty fourth running back off the board. Marlon Mack is going after Mark Ingram and Derrick Henry, and Derrick Henry, um, but before Tevin Coleman and Phillip Lindsey. So, yeah, what's your reaction to that, Dave? We're looking mid to late round four into early round five for Marlon Mack and T.Y. Hilton.
2: Yeah, I think that that's the right spot for Marlon Mack. I'm I'm taking him behind everybody you mentioned except Philip Lindsay, because I just don't know how I feel about that Broncos run game. I think there's going to be a three-headed monster there, whereas Marlon Mack should be mostly a solo act. Some Naheem Hines in there, but... I'm just I'm worried about his effectiveness. But wait, with the, the threat take, of the pass being diminished,
1: you would take Derrick Henry over Marlon Mack. I would
2: take Derrick Henry over Marlon Mack. Do we have a Jamie sighting? He's right here. He's he's about to speak up, and he'll say that he likes Marlon Mack better than Derrick Henry. What's the question? Henry or Marlon Mack? Oh, Mack, easy, easy, Mack. We'll, we'll disagree. We'll we'll disagree on that one. But uh, <laughs> easy the Ty Hilton one, weird. I think, is interesting because I'm still. This is another one we'll disagree on. I'm still not ready to take him quite as high as round four, even in PPR. Uh, I still see guys like uh, you mentioned Galladay and Boyd as around him or behind him. Yeah, yeah, right there, right there,
1: just before yeah, Hilton. Yeah, I'll take
2: them. I'll take them out of T. Y. Hilton.
1: Okay. What's up, Jamie? Yo, how's that homework I hate assignment? People.
0: <laughs> um, good. Okay. I love you. Ask me to do work, and then you do it yourself. <laughs> I said to Jamie, hey. He did
2: his homework assignment for him? Sort of,
0: but he did it He didn't also. do it for me. He did it for himself, but he asked me to help him, and I helped him.
1: Yeah, he did. I, I said, hey, can you give me some ADP risers and fallers? And then he did, but I did it myself this morning before I saw that he did all the work. So, um, Anyway, we have a pretty similar list of, of risers and fallers that we wanted to talk about. But, but uh, All right, so, yeah, Jamie, I don't know if you have any thoughts. Well, why don't we go to Duke Johnson? Duke, jo- Duke Johnson, so this is for... Since you just walked in fantasy football calculator last couple of days. Um, Duke Johnson 68th overall. So that's the middle of round six in a 12 team league. He's going eight picks after Austin Eckler. He's sort of in no man. He's sort of in his own world in ADP, but it goes Eckler and then eight picks and then Duke Johnson 68th overall. And that's just before Latavius Murray and Darius Geis a good spot
0: for him i mean I, I think he'll continue to rise you know people are excited because he's going to be the the guy in houston at least as of now um if if that remains the case and he doesn't have significant competition then i think you could feel comfortable with him in that spot but i can't imagine that they're bringing anybody in to play over him unless they make a trade so if they do make a second trade which would be giving up tremendous capital for a position that you don't have to give up a lot of capital for I'd be very surprised if he's not their lead running back for 2019.
2: There, Bill O'Brien talked about it yesterday, and he said that Duke won't be the only guy there. But it seems like he'll be the the primary guy there unless they go and they get somebody who can be an obvious early downs running back.
1: I'm fine with him in round six in PPR. Yeah, this is half PPR, by the way, this average draft position. We're looking he's going to go higher
0: than that, though. That, you know, I've, I've already done three drafts yesterday, and he went as early as round four.
1: Wow. Whew. And, okay, so would you rather have Latavius, Latavius Murray or Duke Johnson in a half PPR league? Duke. 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 Okay, and then here's one that really caught my eye. I wasn't really looking for this, but over the last two days, Miles Sanders. And Jamie, I don't know where he went in those drafts you did yesterday, but he went. he's going 53rd overall. Middle of round five for Ooh. Miles Sanders in half PPR. Ahead of James White, I, Austin Eckler, Duke Johnson. What do you think? Too soon.
0: But I get it. I mean, look, you know, it yeah. depends on the, the type of uh, fantasy running back you're looking for. You know, I, I think we've had this conversation before. I can't remember if it was here or if it was uh, on, on HQ where I was in a draft. and I had a decision to make between Miles Sanders and Latavius Murray, and it was upside versus, you know, floor. And I think Latavius has a higher floor, but I think Miles Sanders has a higher ceiling. And so it's, you know, it's a matter of what you're looking for. So I think if you're building your team and you like the way your team is is coming together and you want to shoot for upside, then Miles Sanders has more upside. Can you start? If you want to shoot for just, you know, having a consistent player, then you look for somebody like Miles Sanders, Uh, then like like Latavius Murray.
2: Can you start Miles Sanders in week one with confidence?
0: No, that's what I'm saying. If you have a roster that you have your starters set for the most part, you know, especially if it's a, a PPR league where you can start a receiver in the flex more comfortably than you would a running back or, or, or feel a little bit more secure about that, then I think you're in, in a good spot to take a chance on somebody like Sanders as a third running back, or m- most likely you'd rather have him as your fourth guy. But I, I think there are going to be scenarios where if you go receiver heavy and you're comfortable with that and then you're starting to build your running back core, however you, you sort of put that together, Sanders is somebody that you want to you know speculate on our auction yesterday um you know I I was too patient um with how I put my team together and I missed out on having I think one more good running back like my top two guys right now just to tell you uh, I don't know if Dave has talked about this or not yet but my, my top two running backs are Josh Jacobs and Sony Michelle it's half PPR league and so after missing out on on several guys I know it's different than a draft but I started overspending because I had a lot of money for guys that have, I think, the chance to be good. Latavius Murray is one. Miles Sanders was another. Darius Geis was another. And those type of backs, I think, can be starters. Maybe not 16 games or, or or you know 13 games of a regular season for your fantasy league, but I think for six, seven weeks during the season, you can get good production
1: out of them. All right. So Miles Sanders or Duke Johnson? Duke. Sanders. Oh, all right, and you know it's funny you say that Sanders has more upside than Latavius Murray because I think Jamie, when you talk about upside, there are two types of upside. There's the non-injury upside, and then there's the injury-related upside, right? Because because I, I, Murray has right. probably more upside than any mid-round, but it, any mid-round running back might have, uh, just yes. if Camara gets hurt. Yeah. To- totally, totally. Yeah. I'm I'm just
0: factoring in their current situations. Yeah, you no, know? I, I, I it, it's it's too. There's so many guys you could say injury. I mean, look, what if Jordan Howard gets hurt, and, and all of a sudden Miles Sanders is their guy? You know, what I mean that that could oh, be yeah. the same thing. It's not, it's not the same height of what Latavius could be if if Alvin Kamara gets hurt. But yes, your point is, is well, warned. But
1: I do I do think Latavius Murray. If we're gonna call it injury upside, I don't even want to think about it. <laughs> but he probably has the most. Right. You know, right with a with or a good Pollard. floor of, right Tony Pollard. Yeah, we were talking Martin about this Brown. on. Yeah.
0: We were we were talking about this uh on the show yesterday. Like there there's a handful of guys that you could say, like somebody gets hurt, they're they potential superstars. I mean, I, I, I think Latavius qualifies. I think you can make a case for Matt Breida. you can make a case for Pollard, Darwin Thompson uh is, is in a great spot clearly. Um Rashad Penny is in a good spot, you know, just given what that offense is. They may not be the best talents, but they're just in good situations. And, you know, should should any of those guys that they're playing in front of, you know, go down. Uh, Jalen Samuels. We saw it last year. You know, you're starting Jalen Samuels in the fantasy oh, yeah. playoffs.
2: Yep.
1: Devin and,
0: Singletary with two older backs in front of him. Yeah, but that's so many guys that have to get hurt.
2: Yeah,
1: but they're old. Yeah, but they'll they'll so run into each other. Um, it, <laughs> McCoy and Gore. Uh the last one, Geo Bernard played two games without Mixon last year and was must start. So, um, you if know, if he stays if you're in s- Cincinnati, speculating on, on a handcuff. Hey, I'll if take I, a shot. if I'm
0: if I'm Houston, I'm seeing if I can get those guys cheap you know, now the other seventh round pick, the other teams that they'd be trading with, they're saying, you just gave up a fourth. That's a conditional third for Duke. Mm -hmm. Uh, We'll take a fourth. We'll take a fifth. Um, Yeah. I, I would try and get Giovanni Bernard. I would try and see if either McCoy or Peterson can be pried away from their teams cheaply, you know, as veteran guys that, you know, teams have younger running backs behind them. Um, I'm going to be very curious to see what happens with Kenneth Dixon because I think he's the guy that's going to get cut in Baltimore. He's kind of similar to Duke Johnson, though. That's I think that's the problem. Um, we have, uh, just so I can make you drink, uh, Pete Prisco in Kansas City. Um, he was talking to Patrick Mahomes yesterday. And on our training camp, I don't even know what we call the show anymore, our 4.30 football show on CBS Sports HQ, I told Pete, I said, just take Carlos Hyde on the plane with you to Houston and drop him off on your way home because that's probably where he's going to end up anyway. Um, they're just a handful of like veteran guys that are going to, you know, be available that I think Houston will kick the tires on.
1: All right. So if I'm drafting tonight and I expect Carlos Hyde to eventually be on the Houston Texans guys, I, I mean, I know that this is not sexy, exciting, but it really wouldn't surprise me if they made Hyde the primary ball carrier because round 13, I, but I just don't know that that any team would view Duke Johnson as a, they're saying it, but he's never been 110 carries. He's never even gotten to that point.
2: So And they're already talking about using another back anyway. Bill so yeah, Brian's so, coming out and saying it. So. All right, so
1: round 13 on, on a round, speculation yeah, yeah, on Carlos a Hyde. A total right. All you're, right.
2: You're throwing the dart. Okay,
1: all right. So today's sponsors are FanDuel and Honey. So FanDuel.com slash FFT. Exciting FanDuel news, well, exciting DFS news. We're going to have Mike McClure on. We're going to do a bonus episode this week all about DFS strategies Stuff like that. Um, so, yeah, Mike McClure is like a pro. He works for Sportsline. He's going to come on. And Honey, joinhoney.com slash FFT. I, I cannot express you. All you have to go, do is go to joinhoney.com slash FFT, add a browser extension, and when you shop online, it will find discounts for you. And it's free. So joinhoney.com slash FFT. Here is a team name opportunity on this beautiful Team Name Tuesday. And later on in the show, we have some very mediocre team names that I want to share with everybody. Uh, But this is from Elliot. He said, I made a team name for all four of you that I think you'll really enjoy. For Heath, we have the Psy guys. For Dave, I think don't really know if I can read this one on the air. You can. Tight end lover. We're talking,
2: right. We're talking about the fantasy position.
1: Yes. I am a tight end lover this year. (laughs) For Jamie, Curtis said, got to go by. Hmm. And for me, the Eli Manning isn't that bad crew isn't that bad all caps so none of them are like super special but I think Heath's is the best the side guys um, if any of you use these names in a league you care about I will make a $50 donation to St. Jude so now one of awesome. us has to do that nice. So uh, we'll make Heath do will it will he do it for every league we use it yeah I'll do it if you're gonna go up to 200 sure I'll do it yeah. for, for 50 bucks I'll be a tight end Jude. lover uh, <laughs> public alright news and notes Week three is a best-case scenario for A.J. Green's return, according to Jay Morrison of The Athletic. Now, in those last two days on FantasyFootballCalculator.com, half PPR, A.J. Green is going 58th overall. That is the end of round five. When would you guys be comfortable taking A.J. Green?
0: I took A.J. Green in two drafts last night. Very excited about it. You tell me round three, I'll take that all day. I mean, week three, three, I'll take that all day.
1: But that's best-case scenario, according to this report.
0: That's according to a report. That's not necessarily what the coaching staff is saying. So,
1: I I, I mean, I always went into it the whole time thinking he's
0: going to miss three games. So, when did you take him? I took him. It's different circumstances. One is a 12-team PPR league. One is a 10-team league. So, in the 10-team league, I think I got him in round. This is with one keeper. So, you know, basically the draft starts round two. Uh, I think it was round six as my third receiver. And in the 12-team league, it was round five, end of round five. Wait, end of round five?
1: Yeah, that's that's his ADP.
0: No, I'm picking at 10, so that'd be the beginning of round five. No. No, it's your bull. End of round <laughs> five. Um, I took him at the end of round five uh, as my second receiver.
2: I'm debating Green versus TY, and they're both like end of round five type picks for me. And the, the way I look at Green is he misses three games, he knocks the rust off in, in the fourth game, and then he's good to go in that fifth game. And then who knows how long you'll have him for because he gets hurt a lot. And he's, it, he's it's, a, it's frustrating, but it's, it's hard to argue a late round five or round six pick is a bad time to take him. When you know what his potential is, where were we drafting AJ green round. before the injury? Third round. Right, second, third, third round. round, like he's somewhere a, he's, in that
0: swing area. He, he, for the eight games that he played last year, he was one of the best fantasy receivers, and that's what you have to understand, that he's injury-prone yep. at this point. And so he's the type of player that you're getting. At, at Last year, we were taking him round one, round two. This year, you're getting him round five. So, you know, essentially, you're, you're knocking off two rounds for three games. That's what you have to factor. In.
2: And okay. you can find a receiver to step in for him for those three games, and you can find that receiver round eight, round nine, anywhere. Or
0: you do round, round six or round seven with Sterling Shepard. You've made that case, Adam, that that's a good one. Yeah, yeah it's a great.
1: I did mention, though, yesterday, Shepard does have, in my opinion, some pretty tough matchups. Uh, Cowboys week one, Bills, again, we have to check on Tredavious White, but they they were so bad against the run that wide receivers didn't really do great against them. Uh, week three is the Bucks, which should be great. Week four, the Redskins. Dave, you mentioned they play zone, but maybe Josh Norman sees some. Shepard, I still think he'll be certainly worth using. It'll be fine. Yeah. Yep. Okay, um Amari Cooper expected to play week 1 and and I had talked about how I you know for me he just I wasn't really drafting Amari Cooper in the 3rd round. He became a 4th round guy just because of the foot. And even then I expected him to be ready for week 1. I'm just concerned that, you know, he's already got a bad foot and I I don't know that's going to be healed mm. necessarily. So that it could linger. Yeah, so how do you feel about Cooper knowing well, that he should be ready for week 1 against the Giants? Round round 4 is the right spot for him. Is
2: he Would you you dig into late round three if you absolutely had
0: to? There are other receivers I like better.
2: Chris Godwin or Cooper? That's a great one. I've got Cooper a spot ahead of Godwin.
0: Godwin's for me.
1: Godwin's really looked very good in the preseason, but no Mike Evans. But you see just the physical talent that he has. Um, Odell Beckham expected to play week one. Sterling Shepard's going to play week one. Mike Evans returned to practice. He's good to go. Kenyon Drake returned to practice. He's good to go. Kenyon Drake. Or Duke Johnson, Drake Duke. Oh, really? Care to elaborate? It, for did, 10 it just comes
2: down to my all these differences that we have with Duke. Just comes down to my sentiment that he's going to be uh, a good number three fantasy running back, but I don't see the enormous upside of him being uh, two hundred and sixty touches. I don't think
0: he gets there. Yeah, I'll I'll take the better offense here. You know, I I. I saw that Dolphins offensive line in person. Have you seen the
2: Texans offensive line anywhere?
0: Mine is Laramie Tunsil. And I've seen the quarterback situation for Miami, and I've seen the receiver situation for Miami, and I've seen the team for Miami. And I'll take the better team, in this case, with Duke Johnson.
1: Okay. So, just a few more notes. Is this big Patriots center, David Andrews, could miss the season? Huge. With blood clots in his lungs. And he's been, first of all, serious situation. I mean you know, I'm sure I hope he's gonna be fine. I'm sure he's gonna be fine, but you know, our thoughts to David Andrews. Uh he's been a regular starter since two thousand sixteen. The reason why I ask is like this is a team that just every year it doesn't matter who their offensive linemen are. They're so well coached and they well, part of the
0: reason's been him.
1: I I'm sure that's true. Uh so are you downgrading Sony Michelle?
0: No. Uh not yet. If it's season ending then I will uh spot or two. You know, I, I, I think it's it's it is a team that you know, because of Dante Scarnecchia, their offensive line coach, and the system that they run, you know, like you said, Adam, they they could replace a lot of guys, but they already had some issues with Isaiah Wynn at left tackle, and you know, Andrews not being there, he's he's the rock, you know, he's been the guiding force of the the last incarnation of what their line has been in in the last you know several Super Bowls. So it, it would be it would be tough, you know. I mean, Brady covers up a lot of things for them, but this is uh, th- th- this is. Not, I think, as equivalent as the Cowboys losing Frederick. Or it's probably worse than, than the Cowboys losing Frederick because the Cowboys have so many pieces to replace him. This would be uh, this would be tough for the Patriots.
2: I'm giving the Patriots the full benefit of the doubt on this one because of Skarnakia, because of Belichick. Um, their depth on the offensive line isn't amazing. They've got a former six-round pick in Ted Karras and James Ferenc, uh as a street-free agent who's made the team for the past couple of years. I don't think they're going to go and make a big trade or anything like that. I do think that they will be able to work around Andrews uh, not being there.
1: All right. A few more notes. Defensive tackle Sheldon Rankins for the Saints. He's off the pup list. He tore his Achilles in the playoffs. Can't really expect him to be ready for week one. And that's big because that's Houston. So for you Duke Johnson Mm -hmm. owners, um, they're a little depleted at defensive tackle. Dante Pettis has a minor groin injury. Seattle wide receiver David Moore is going to avoid IR, but he's going to miss some time. Denver rookie tight end Noah Fant returned to practice. Anthony Miller returned to practice, but he will be limited early in the season or maybe limited early in the season. We still think there's reason to take Anthony Miller with the late round pick. And yep. guys, double digit rounds. Would you keep Andrew Luck in a dynasty league with the thought that he could come back? No, no. It sounds like he's not coming back. Yeah. Okay. Well, guess who is coming back? Hmm. We are. We're taking a break. And then we're coming back with some ADP risers and fallers, and a podcast league announcement right after this. What's up everyone. I want to tell you about a car that you are going to love. Check it out. The all new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. A couple cool things to announce regarding the, podca- the uh, podcast league. Well, Jamie, you said let's do a military league. Let's do two military leagues. I have exactly 24 military members uh, to put into leagues, so I will make two 12-team leagues, and you guys can... Uh, you guys and girls can, can, uh, can compete, and I'll be the commissioner and all that, and we'll set up draft time. So I'll send out those invites hopefully today, and we appreciate your service, and we appreciate you listening, and I hope this is a lot of fun for you. And the other announcement is that the winners have been determined. I emailed everybody last night. We got two leagues. We got the 14-team podcast league with 10 listeners, um, and we got the, the 12-team podcast league with 10 listeners, plus Ben Gretsch and Ben Schrager, our producer. And then, actually, there's going to be a third league that Heath is going to tell you about, the For the People Podcast League, which is 10 teams and half PPR. Okay, ADP risers and fallers. So, Jamie and I collaborated on this list. Uh, But Chris Carson, he is going now. He's he's rising to the end of round three, 36th overall. But, again, I keep mentioning over the last two days on Fantasy Football Calculator, Chris Carson's 30th overall. And I know, Dave, you said Carson's a second round pick for you, so I guess you guys are cool with 30th overall for Carson. Love it. Absolutely love it. Uh, 35 catches for Carson over under. Slightly over. Slightly under 40.
0: Okay. Yeah, I agree.
1: Austin Eckler is a riser. He is 59th overall on Fantasy Football Calculator over the last two days. Eckler's 68th overall on CBS. And so he's probably higher than 68th because he's rising and he's been lower than 68th. So let's just say top 60. Let's say an end-of-round-five pick in a 12-team league for Austin Eckler. Are you comfortable with that?
0: I'm not. Uh, End-of-round-five in half PPR?
1: That, yes.
0: If it was full PPR, I could sign off on it. In half or non, no.
2: I I, I think about the other players that you can get in that spot and— as much as we think Melvin Gordon doesn't have, like, the interest in coming back, who knows for sure. Of who, course he has interest in coming back. He, he, well, at given the current contract status that he has, I don't know if he's got interest in coming back. But he might show up at the facility the day before their first game and say, okay, I'm here. I'm reporting. Pay me. And right. that would – it wouldn't hurt Austin Eckler in week one, and it might not hurt him that much in week two. I don't two, think it would hurt Eckler it would
0: hurt tremendously at all at that price tag. In I don't know. PR. Are you
2: drafting a 10-touch guy in round five? I mean, a lot of people draft James White in round three. That's a different type. Of, he, that's
0: not a 10-touch guy. He might get a couple carries in like Who's eight catches per James game. Who's drafting James
1: White in round three? That would be a bad pick.
0: Oh, we were we were seeing that earlier this offseason.
1: Uh, I mean,
2: we're not doing that, though. No, no, I'd, I'd rather have James White than Austin Eckler. Oh, agreed. But I'm saying but what the, about the touches aren't that dramatically different for those two guys. We talked about A.J. Green as a late fifth-round pick. I think I'd rather have A.J. Green than Austin Eckler.
0: Sure. I mean, look, the people that are drafting Austin Eckler in the fifth round are banking on Melvin Gordon missing 10 games, which could still happen.
1: Yeah. So right now, current ADP, Melvin Gordon, third pick of round four, or Austin Eckler, end of round five? Melvin and Gordon none of the above 39th overall or Eckler? what did i say 59th overall
0: Eckler, 10 out of 10
1: Yeah if i had to take one i'll take the one that i know is playing sure uh, i don't know why but, but Alshon Jeffrey it. is a riser he's up to 69th overall in CBS ADP which is similar to his nice. fantasy football calculator <laughs> why is yeah, why is Alshon Jeffrey either. rising
0: um i'm going to guess name i
1: don't know he's had because the same when you name get all last season
2: <laughs> <laughs> when you get to round six and you're desperate for a receiver, you see that name and you remember what he did, and you go, oh, I know that guy, and you draft him. But
1: I I would prefer not to draft him then. Would you rather have Alshon Jeffrey or D.D. Westbrook?
0: I'd rather have I D.D. Westbrook. I do have Westbrook. Alshon Hire.
1: All right, Alshon for Dave, D.D. For, for Jamie. Would have been better if it was D.D. for Dave. It would have been much Easier off the tongue. Okay, this one I guess I understand. He looks good this preseason. Ben Roethlisberger. He is QB seven on CBS. He's going in the end of round six. Ben Roethlisberger. Uh, so that's like. Yeah, I mean, I, I
0: I I keep moving him up by default. <laughs> you know, he's 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 now found his way into the back end of my top twelve. I think again, you know, you you look at what the quarterback scenarios are. Um, I can't take Kyler Murray over Ben Roethlisberger. I can't trust uh, Jimmy Garoppolo or Dak Prescott some guys that I had ranked ahead of him to necessarily guarantee to be better than him so I don't like him as a top 10 guy because I think you have to build in what Antonio Brown's losses are but I still think that the group of Moncrief Washington and McDonald will help him still stay afloat with what this offense is going to be to Heath's point about them still having a high volume pass attack it's going to go down but to what extent it goes down is where the question becomes.
1: So let me let me ask you about ADP with Roethlisberger on CBS. I'm going to tell you the four quarterbacks that are right behind him, not including Andrew Luck, who's still showing up. And to me, I mean, I can't believe that three of them are behind Roethlisberger. Goff, yeah,
0: that's the problem. That's that's the biggest problem.
1: So, well, tell me if, you know, I'm sure you agree, but Goff, Wentz, Brady, and Cam Newton, how many of those guys, Goff, Wentz, Brady, and Cam, and Cam Newton, are you taking ahead of Roethlisberger? All Three.
0: four. Three. The only bunch that should go behind him is Brady. Especially yeah. if Andrews is out. Oh, that's right. I do have Roethlisberger
1: spot ahead of Brady. Yeah, that's what I figured. Okay. Um, so, Roethlisberger, he's but, rising, but, again, but still I, you know, a little it, high.
0: When, when you talk about it, you know, we, we can sit here and say uh, what the injury risks are. You have Cam, who's coming off a shoulder injury and the foot problem. You have Wentz, who hasn't been able to play 16 games for the last two years. And Goff fell off at the end of last season. Now, upside should be in their favor, but you know, Ben has avoided injury for what, the last two years.
1: He hasn't got hurt, yeah. right? Yeah. Um. Okay. Who else is rising? Mike Williams is rising again. I mean, I don't really understand why. Uh, Could that
2: be because of Keenan Allen's injury? One hundred percent.
1: Oh, all right, but it probably shouldn't be, right? Well, actually, Not no. Anymore. I shouldn't say that. I shouldn't say that. I mean, we expect Keenan Allen to be ready for week one, but he's an injury-prone guy, and I get it. But, Mm. you know, he's a round seven pick on— Mike Williams a round seven pick on CBS, but over those last two days on Fantasy Football Calculator, Mike Williams is going in the fifth round. He's a top 60 pick.
2: No. Too soon. Way too soon. Okay. I could buy into it if Keenan Allen was out for the year, but it's not the case. Allen's going to be
1: ready to go week one, it sounds like. So two other uh, risers at wide receiver— D.D. Westbrook and Emmanuel Sanders. So how would you rank Mike Williams, D.D. Westbrook, Emmanuel Sanders?
0: I would... Uh, PPR, I'd go Westbrook, Williams, Sanders. And I think the same for both.
2: I do have Williams the highest of the three in PPR. Sanders the lowest.
1: Final riser for me, Delaney Walker. He is now tight end 10. He is going in round 9, still going after Vance McDonald, he might, I think he's going after Eric Ebron, so you have to, so he's probably more like tight end nine because, you know, he haven't had enough time for Ebron to adjust in ADP. So, but we're cool with that, right? We're cool with Delaney Walker being a top 10 tight end. Yep. Yeah, for sure. Do you guys prefer Vance he might, McDonald? He might
2: be the only tight end that you'll be excited about drafting.
1: It's possible. Um, McDonald or Walker? Walker for
0: me. Yeah, same. They're back to back for me.
1: All right, so your, your ADP risers that I noticed, then there are more. If you just go to our average draft position, you can see the arrows up down. It tells you how many spots they've moved. Uh, Chris Carson, Austin Eckler, Alshon Jeffrey, Ben Roethlisberger, Mike Williams, D.D. Westbrook, Emmanuel Sanders, and Delaney Walker. I've got eight ADP fallers after this quick break on fantasy football today.
0: Robert Half Research indicates nine out of ten hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today.
1: Tariq Cohen is a faller. He is now a round seven pick in CBS ADP, which takes in all formats. But, uh, yeah, how do you guys feel about Tariq Cohen right now? Uh, I think he should be
0: following. You know, I mean, you, you saw what Montgomery did in the first preseason game. You've heard the reports about how they're going to scale back Cohen's workload. He could still be efficient. Heath talks about that all the time, about how efficient Tariq Cohen was. But if he goes from 170 touches, let's say, to 150, I would say I'd be surprised if it goes long, lower than that. Um you know he's a, I, I think he's still a decent flex option for you in non-PPR and a borderline starting running back in PPR if you don't take running backs early. But he should go behind Montgomery in both formats.
2: Agreed. Uh, round seven's the perfect spot for him. I think th- that's a good chance to pick a running back who's not going to get a full workload ever. Probably get around 10 touches per game. So what he averaged last year, half of his career games, he's had 10 touches or fewer. And um, you know Boomer Bus running back, decent flex and PPR. That's the type of guy you find in round seven. I'll take Latavius Murray and the safe floor and injury upside ceiling over Tariq Cohen.
1: Tariq Cohen's tricky though in half PPR. So, you know how? So if in half PPR, how would you rank Darius Geis, Tariq Cohen, and Kenyon Drake? They're going right around the same range. Drake.
2: Cohen, Geis, which will change if Geis shakes off AP on that roster. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, what do you the whole, we we like Darius Geis as a talent, but the, the situation for him absolutely sucks. He's what, surrounded what? by a bad offensive line and a bad offense, and Adrian Peterson's going to take work away, and Chris Thompson's going to take work away. So it's hard to look at Darius Geis and think that he can break out and have a big year, which is why I've got him tucked behind Tariq Cohen,
1: who... It's hard to see him having the type of year that he had last year. All right. I do want to spend a little more time on half PPR. So I already have that in the notes for tomorrow's show. And guys like, you know, the, the polar opposites of the, the Derrick Henry, Tariq Cohen, Sonny Michelle, James White, and, and, you know, how to determine what to do in a, in a half PPR league where it's an easier call in a full PPR or a non-PPR league. All right. Other fallers in average draft position. DJ Moore. So, in, in CBS, he's 78th overall, but over the last two days on Fantasy Football Calculator, DJ Moore is still 62nd overall. Is it just that CBS has hyped Curtis Samuels so much that we've scared people off DJ Moore? What's going on?
0: I think it's just the lack of preseason performance along with Cam's foot injury. Yeah. You, know, you have those two things that are just working against him. Uh, it's, it's a great, great spot if you are looking at ADP to sort of use that as a guide and it works in your favor. Yeah. Um, I, I think DJ Moore is in line for a big season. So is Curtis Samuel. Uh, one of the drafts I did last night, they actually went back to back. Samuel went right in front of me. I took DJ Moore right after him. I was thrilled with that. Oh, cool. You want to get the second Panthers receiver? Well, you want to get them at a at a good price. I mean, that was always the allure of Curtis Samuel before all of the hype from the Panthers sure. and the.
2: Where, what round was this in? Did and you and a certain
0: fantasy writer. Yeah. Um, <laughs> This was round seven or eight. I mean, it's 10-team league, so it's yeah. a little, little off.
2: That's fine. Okay, more What's, fallers. Do you have the numbers for Curtis
0: Samuel, by the way? He's still much lower. He's like around pick one. Even
2: home. on an FF calculator? Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, I'll, no, tell, no. I'll, I'll,
1: tell, you, I'll tell you in a second. Well, let's okay. look it up. All right, so DJ Moore is going. let
2: see if there's just hype out of control on him.
1: 62nd and Curtis Samuel, 79th. Okay, so they're getting closer. Someone's closer. <laughs> Somebody's closer. You're you're killing it with the references today. Latavius Murray, why is he a faller? He's got major Injury. difference. It, he's fine. I mean like we can't Yeah, he'll be okay. People see the little plus sign next to him like and they just drop him that much. He's going uh, 25 picks later on CBS than he is on Fantasy Football Calculator, which is 68. Now 68th on Fantasy Football Calculator over the last 2 days for Latavius Murray. I know we all like Latavius Murray, but is that too high? That's a late round. I feel like that's
0: yeah. I feel like that's too high. I could find other players. It just it just depends. Like I I think again, his floor. We were drafting Mark Ingram. He's brought this up. We were drafting Mark Ingram in the fourth round last year with a four game suspension, and so if he's going to assume the hundred and thirty, I think it is hundred and thirty total touches that Mark Ingram had a year ago um in 12 games you know so you project that out over 16 my math stinks so what is it 150 total touches so about 11 touches per game okay so you know 170 total touches yeah you know if you're if you're giving him that in this offense that makes him a decent flex option to start the year in this offense and then like you said adam you factor in what happens if alvin kamara gets hurt like he's he's you know how many running backs do you think you can name that you could start right away as the second guy Five, maybe on on the second guy on a team. Second guy on their own team. Five. I mean, you you can you can say like James White would be one of them. James White would be one. You could say would Cohen be one of them? Absolutely. I I think you could still make a case for Rashad Penny. You could still make a case for Matt Breida, just given how their their offense is going to operate.
2: Uh, but, I but, would but, feel good
0: about those. But again, it's we're starting. I feel to get better about Latavia. hundred percent. You're starting to get slim pickings here. So I think if you're just talking about a, can I use him now? The answer is yes. B, what happens if the guy in front of him gets
1: hurt? Superstar. By the way, Mark Ingram was on pace for 212 touches. Because there's actually more. It was 138 carries he had, but he also okay, had I'm 21 sorry. catches. I, I,
0: I, knew, I knew there was something with 130, so yeah, I
1: apologize. yeah. So, it's a 200, if, yeah, 212 touches from Latavius Murray. I don't know that 68th is too high, if you're going to guarantee me that. I just I don't know how involved he'll be in the passing game because Ingram really had a severe cut down in his passing game involvement. And that was last year was the first year where we saw Ingram really take a back seat. To Alvin Kamara, you know, the year before that, it was it was much more even. But all right. I digress. Now,
0: I, I think I said this. I'm not sure because I know I missed a few shows last week. But um, when Pete was with Sean Payton in New Orleans, um, Sean said, don't expect Kamara's touches to increase. Right. Okay. So I think we're all, you know, oh, my gosh, no Mark Ingram. We've heard it you know. from
2: Sean Payton several times already.
0: Right, but but yeah. you know, I, I still think, again, it's worth reiterating. Like, you know, most people, I think, and this could be why Murray is falling, you see, because now the drafts are happening. So you're seeing, oh, Mark Ingram's gone. Ah, oh, Latavius Murray, yeah, he's been a backup, blah, blah. Right. And so I'm going to take Kamara first overall, second overall, third overall, which is where he should go. But with the thought of he's now all of a sudden what he was those first four games last year, I don't think that's going to be the case.
1: Right, so let me give the numbers. I gave these in the running back preview, but this is why I don't... I, weeks Like a month ago, we did an analyst draft, and I took Kamara first overall, and the results are on the website. And my friend texted me, and he said, oh, Kamara number one overall. I'm like, no, no, I'd take Barkley. And then he sent me a, like a screenshot of the article. I'm like, damn it. <laughs> I wish I hadn't done that, because I, I feel differently. Saquon Barkley last year had 352 touches and more than 2,000 total yards. Alvin Kamara, based on his 16-game pace with Mark Ingram, had 268 touches and 1,427 total yards. So you're talking about 600 more total yards for Barkley and from 352 touches for Barkley to 268 for Kamara. That's, That's based on what he did with Mark Ingram. Uh, so that is why it is like clear as day that I am not taking Alvin Kamara number one, and I have the number one pick today in a PPR league in a draft that we're doing and we're playing out, and I will be taking Saquon Barkley. Um, yep. Jameis Winston is falling. He is a now QB fourteen, still going in round nine, but QB fourteen is that because Mike Evans is hurt? Is that because they the offensive line allowed him to be sacked five times in less than a half? Um, what do you think about Winston? Could falling? it be because
2: could it be because his track record isn't as sterling as other quarterbacks, including older quarterbacks like Roethlisberger and and Brady, and uh, mm-hmm. it, it could be for those reasons. But I, I I think as a group we're we're kind of ignoring all the warts on Jameis because we've bought into Bruce Arians, and for me, it's easy to look at that run game and go, ah, that's not going to be any good at all. And they're going to have to throw a ton. So you're looking at a quarterback who's going to have 35 pass attempts a game at least, and should have a lot of games with 325, 350, two or three touchdowns, and probably two or three turnovers along the way. Uh, As bad as the offensive line looked in the third preseason game, I like what I've seen from Jameis as far as not trying to force the ball downfield. Checking it down to Godwin. It's one of the reasons why I like Godwin a lot. And he's even running with it a little bit. So he's trying to play a little bit smarter to avoid turnovers, but it could lead to some sacks and maybe a lower uh, yards per pass attempt average. But I still see him having a lot of volume and that's what you're looking for in fantasy.
1: Jameis or Ben? Jameis. Yep. Okay. Okay. Uh, Jordan Howard is falling. He's now into round nine, going just after Daryl Henderson, who also should be falling, right. by the way. Do you guys mm-hmm. even take Jordan Howard? When would you take Jordan Howard?
0: Double digits, now.
1: Yeah. Uh, I've got him at the very
2: end of round nine, so I'll take him at the very end of round nine if he's there. He's, uh, he's someone that might be a decent starter to begin the year, and if Miles Sanders hurts his hamstring again, he could be a decent running back to go with as a low-end number two. He's good depth at
0: running. Houston should trade for him.
1: Nobody should oh, trade wow. for him.
0: <laughs> wow, that would be interesting.
1: Uh, moving on, guys. Dante I like Pettis. That. I like that. Dante Pettis is falling. He's into round 10 right now. When would you take Dante Pettis?
0: Lower. <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> I, he might have had the worst preseason of anyone.
1: hmm Maybe he's just tricking
0: for us. Or what the expectations were?
1: Yep. I agree. He's the biggest faller. Non-injury related. Um well, now. Burley. Yeah, He's hurt on top of it now. Yeah,
0: because they play him into the fourth quarter of a preseason game because he's so bad.
1: Kyler Murray is QB 17. He's in round 10 now. Uh, where is he in your rankings, Kyler Murray?
2: He That's where he should be drafted is round 10.
1: I know that I'm the high guy on Kyler
2: Murray. I still see the upside in him. I'm still believing in him. Took him as my second quarterback in an auction yesterday. I Ended up spending more money. This is something you guys will love. I spent more money on Lamar Jackson than Kyler Murray but part of it was because I was trying to drive up the price of Lamar Jackson thinking Jamie or Heath would go three bucks on Lamar. I already and had a quarterback. And it way. didn't happen. I didn't realize that. So I I got, I got am quote-unquote stuck with Lamar Jackson uh, for two bucks, and I'm going to probably start him week one, but I also got Kyler Murray for a buck, and I've got two high upside quarterbacks. I actually don't hate that. I think- I, I like that, that game plan. If you're going to wait on quarterback, you get Murray, you get Jackson, whatever order you decide to get him in, and uh, I, I think the schedule early
0: on for Lamar is great. I'll ride him until he breaks. This is the perfect spot to take a chance on Kyler Murray as a second quarterback with high upside. He still has plenty of upside. Yeah. But, okay. like, my, my my reasoning for coming, backing off of him is I just don't trust him as a starter after what I've seen.
1: And finally, Royce Freeman is falling, and he's 122nd, 122nd overall, Royce Freeman in CBS ADP. And, like, I do not like Royce Freeman at all, but... There is a very good chance that he scores a touchdown on any given week. He's going to get work. This is actually, I think, great average draft position for Royce Freeman to get some running back depth. Uh, 122nd overall, round 11. I was surprised.
0: I think it's great value, yeah. You know, I mean, he's a as we saw last year, he's a Philip Lindsay injury away from being uh, involved in the passing game, depending on Theo Riddick's absence and how long that remains. So, you know, I agree with you, Adam. He's still going to have a chance to... You know, get plenty of work. They're going to rotate both guys in. He's not somebody you have to count on as a starter. He's somebody worth speculating on. Absolutely, this is a great value pick.
1: All right. Mm -hmm. A lot of stuff to get to today and probably have to save some for tomorrow, but that's okay. It's Team Name Tuesday. I can't sing today. Sorry, everybody. Sorry to let you down. Josh Jacob Jingleheimer Schmidt.
2: Mm Hmm. Yep. It would be better if you sang it.
1: Josh Jacob. Uh Kyle Perry's Brita. I like that. I think that's like Tyler Perry's Medea. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. That's good. Yep. Ooh, this one's good. Cobra Kyler. That is good. How about this this classic nineties song from Corn? Feeling like a Zeke on a Leash. Sing it, Adam. Come on. Is that the one that goes yep.
2: right? Freak on a leash. <laughs> yep. I One hate of my that song. that's my favorite corn song.
1: Oh, I hate that song. Super Mario Kart. <laughs> I don't see you as a corn fan. No, just to be clear, no, not at all. Uh, Super Mario Kart's good. What you talking about, Will Lutz? I like that's that. Funny. That's funny. Yeah, and uh, three guys and a Brady. I think it should be three okay. guys and a little Brady. See, you see gonna send you? that to your friend? Oh yeah, I do know the I do know the actress, the, the little lady in three men and a little lady. I am friends with her. You still friends with her? Yeah, I'm still f I am still I have not talked to her in a while. She's a gator, so I don't like want to ever talk now to her. You've now you've got a reason to talk to her. Um but yeah, I'm friends with her. Uh, eight emails in five minutes. Here we go. This is from Mike in a city in northern New Jersey. We don't have time to guess. Twelve team. It's P- Edison. Oh, okay. Twelve team PPR league with two flex spots. How does your strategy change when you add a flex spot, not a super flex?
0: Still take great players.
1: Yeah. I'm
2: nothing really changes. Well the best available players who you're gonna start in your flag.
1: Yeah. T- okay, I'll, I mean to me it, it, it makes tight end less valuable. Eight emails in
0: five minutes. Eighty. Miles, in I think five the, five one minutes, the, you, only the one, one thing the one thing you want to do is, is avoid reaching for handcuffs early and still take somebody who can start for you.
1: Okay. There you go. From Michael, I have the seventh pick in a twelve team full PPR league. It was actually last night. So I went with Julio, then Mixon, then Thielen, then Carson. But I feel like I should have gone with Damian Williams and Tyler Lockett instead of Thielen and Carson. Which combo would you rather have, Thielen and Carson or Damian Williams and Tyler Lockett, PPR?
2: Thielen and Carson for me. Uh, Thielen and Carson.
1: All right, from Hunter. Just finished our 12-team PPR draft last night. I already have an intriguing trade offer. This is all about you know how much is worth having the best player. Would you give up Tyreek Hill and Daryl Henderson in PPR for Amari Cooper and Mark Ingram?
0: Hmm. Depends what you need, I guess.
1: Two round four picks for Tyreek Hill and Daryl Henderson. You're giving up Hill and Henderson. You're getting Amari Cooper and Mark Ingram. Yes or no?
0: It it's totally dependent on what you need. In a vacuum, no. I did, I did a similar trade in our auction draft yesterday. I traded Darius Geis and Stephon Diggs for Tyree Hill and Dante Moncrief. Uh, now, now, the owner who acquired Stephon Diggs and Darius Geis came out of the auction with his running backs of Leonard Fournette, Kareem Hunt, and Peyton Barber. Those are the only running backs he bought. Wow. So he was desperate for some running backs, and he had a great receiving core. So he could afford to take the slight downgrade from Tyree Kill to Stephon Diggs and get what could be a great upgrade at running back.
2: Yeah, you ripped him off. Uh, the Tyree Kill-Daryl Henderson side. Him. You did. You know you. No, I did Let's go, let's go, go let's go. Uh, Hill and Henderson has the better edge in the trade chart.
1: Okay, cool. From Adam, I have the fifth pick in a standard-scoring Dynasty League. It's a rookie draft. Assuming the top three running backs are gone, who are your favorite rookie picks after the top three running backs?
0: Darwin Thompson,
1: wow! Hill.
0: In the first round? No, he said. Who's your favorite running back? Not when? Who's your favorite no, no, pick no, not that? not
1: running backs. Who are your favorite picks? Oh, after I'm sorry. Those guys
2: after the first round picks. Um, Hawkinson would have to be up there at this point.
1: Nikkeel if you Harry. A quarterback,
2: I don't think that's too soon for for Kyler Harry should be up there at this point. Daryl Henderson could be up there too. I know he's looked not great. I think he could be there in Devin Singletary as well. I might even go okay. Singletary,
1: just expecting
2: him to be the guy in Buffalo after the
0: Yeah, year. I take Darwin up there too.
1: This is from George. Do you think it's worthwhile to pick up Jacoby Brissett and drop the last player on my bench, which for me is Debo Samuel? This is it Brissett? If question. your quarterback situation stinks, it's not a bad idea. No, he is Aaron Rodgers. Just to see what you get with Jacoby, <laughs>
2: sure. Yeah. Oh, you've got Rodgers? You don't need yeah. Jacoby Brissett.
1: All right, Debo. question from Toast. I keep hearing a lot about how a non-receiving running back can be game-planned out of success. And Marlon Mack comes to mind. Why do I keep seeing Marlon Mack rank 10 to 20 spots higher than Tariq Cohen in PPR leagues, even with Andrew Luck out?
0: Touchdowns matter in PPR, so. It's true. If he's going to get a lot of them. I don't know if he'll get.
2: He's not going to get as many as he had last year.
1: I can pretty much He's guarantee you as crazy that, as he was last year. that in PPR leagues, not happen. Marlon Mack is going to disappear. There are going to be some really bad weeks. It's just that's going to happen. It happened last year. Uh, Ryan from the birthplace of college football. Grade the trade in a 2QB 3 receiver league. And it's PPR. I give up Lamar Jackson and James Washington. And I get DJ Moore. I already have Rodgers and Wilson at quarterback. So give up Lamar Jackson and James Washington for DJ Moore.
2: I like it. I would rather have DJ Moore.
1: Grade it. A. A. It's not an A. It's like a B. And Mike in Katy, Texas. We instituted a technology-free draft in our league about six years ago to make sure our owners are invested in the draft process. No phones, no laptops, just a draft board and paper. Draft was last Saturday (laughs) evening. This year, during the break between rounds eight and nine, we discovered one owner using an app on his phone to help him draft. We debated, as a league, uh, we debated as league leadership what to do about his first eight picks because he was using a phone, but after looking at his roster, we elected not to impose a penalty. He's a Colts fan, and he has Andrew Luck, T.Y. Hilton, Antonio Brown, Ezekiel Elliott, Marlon Mack, Lamar Miller, Melvin Gordon, and Josh Gordon. <laughs> 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 so there is no need to impose a penalty. Okay, we've got about five minutes left in the video portion of our show. So what I wanted to know is um, if you've drafted any teams lately that you really like or really don't like and any lessons you can give our listeners and viewers. By the way, if you want to watch our show, you can watch the full show on CBS All Access. You can watch clips at youtube.com slash fantasy football today. Dave, I'm going to throw it to you. Any teams you really want to talk about?
2: Our August Superflex League... I really like a lot. I got Hopkins in round one. I believe I got Fournette in round two, or or Kittle in round two and Fournette in round three. And I remember when I was doing that draft, I took Kittle first, thinking that there was enough running back depth out there that someone would fall to me in round three, and uh, it worked out because I got Fournette. And I built a really good team with this with this group. I got Matt Ryan way late. I got Phillip Rivers way late. He's going to be my super flex. Uh, it was after the Josh Gordon news broke. I still had him on my team I drafted him after the news broke. This draft was from then Cooper cup is one of my receivers. Sterling Shepard is one of my flexes. Um, really like this team. And it's funny because there was definitely an emphasis on receiver. I believe I only had one running back. Sony is my other one. And I think I just grabbed him in like around seven or something like that. But I made an emphasis on going after receiver because we had to start so many and it kind of, Dovetails nicely into how I feel about drafting those elite receivers more so now than I have in years past. Trying to get at least one of those first eight guys, maybe even two of those first eight guys, to be a differentiator on my team. I'd much rather have a combo of Juju Smith-Schuster and Odell Beckham to start my draft than Travis Kelsey and Le'Veon Bell,
1: so, and then so have bad receivers later on. What's the team? What's the team? The full team in the
2: super flex is Matt Ryan at quarterback. Philip Rivers is super flex. Fournette, Sony Michelle as running back, DeAndre Hopkins, Cooper Cup, Josh Gordon as receivers, with Sterling Shepard as the flex, George Kittle at tight end, and then uh, on the bench, I got some pretty decent guys too: Sean Jackson, Justin Jackson, Deshaun Hamilton, Darren Waller.
1: And I imagine Ooh. that you're feeling better about Sony Michelle now than you were when you drafted him. Sure, yeah, but I
2: think I, I, this draft wasn't too far off from when we're talking now. It might have been like two weeks ago.
1: I want to. I was pretty happy with Sony, and I got Damian Harris too. I want to read a team. I I was inspired. This segment was inspired by my friend who texted me his team from a draft last night, and it's just not really that good in my opinion. And I think he realized it. So um, the team is twelve team PPR, and I and you know the other thing is like I was looking at some of the draft results, and I do think that this is this could be a typical draft for you listeners. Uh, of people reaching for quarterback, So 12-team PPR, start a quarterback, two running backs, two two receivers, tight end and a flex. So he has Baker Mayfield. His first two picks were James Conner and David Johnson. No, no, I'm sorry, I'm wrong because it's Duke Johnson. Okay, um, so he has Baker Mayfield, James Conner, Duke Johnson, Tariq Cohen at flex, Amari Cooper and Alshon Jeffrey, and he has Evan Ingram at tight end. So it's like it's not that great of a team, his fortunes could have totally changed if he had just taken Chris Godwin instead of Baker Mayfield or something. And I can't really figure out who the hell his second round pick so this
0: was. So is, this, this is going tight end quarterback in the first five rounds?
1: Yeah. So I brought it up because, like, on one hand, he's weak at wide receiver. He's starting Amari Cooper and Alshon Jeffrey. His running backs are kind of... He might be weak. Duke he and, might be okay. Yeah, but I mean, relative to other teams, he's clearly going to be weak at, at, at wide receiver. And he knows that. So my question about this team was, Shouldn't he have taken Chris Godwin instead of, or Kenny Galladay instead of Baker Mayfield? Because he also has Evan Ingram. Or can you make a case that, hey, just try to be elite at as many positions as you can. Get an elite quarterback, get an elite tight end, and then figure the rest out on waivers. I don't draft that way, but I think there's a case to be made for that. Um, but but you know, I let me get your take on that as we finish up here.
0: Yeah, I, I had a conversation with somebody. The the guys that. Um, do a lot of the behind-the-scenes stuff. Uh, they, they play in a league together. Um, they call it the Techie League. And I don't know this to be accurate. I'm just going based on what uh, Lou Thomas, one of our, our guys here, said to me about... Um, uh, his name is Frank Oliarchik. He's been here forever. And he is uh, the brains behind a lot of our games and, and fixes a lot of the things for us. He's, he's like a wizard. He's amazing. He's amazing. And I play in a league with Frank. Um, I used to play softball with him. And Frank has dominated this league um, because he's a very smart drafter in a keeper league. But in the league that the, I'm referring to, this Techie League, they I said, oh, is Frank you know um, kicking butt in that league like he always does? And they said Frank's won the league more times than not. And a lot of the reason why is he fills out his starting lineup before he takes his mm. reserves. He's one of those guys. And so he takes you know the approach that you're talking about. I don't know this to be the way that he drafts all the way through, but... You know, th- there's there's a, a strong point, Adam. You've talked about this with, uh, I think, our auction uh, at one point, um, about just getting core guys and you fill in the rest around it. And so it may not be so. In in your friend's case, Ingram's a top five tight end. Baker is a top five quarterback. Right. David Johnson still a top five running back. Um, at least has the potential to be. And
1: oh, uh, J- has James Conner and Duke Johnson. I'm sorry, James. Con- yeah.
0: Excuse me, James Conner, Duke Johnson. So so James Connor's a top five running back. And you have those at those three guys as your core. I think if you have one more guy, that'd probably be better. Mm-hmm. But yeah, you can you can you can absolutely be strong in that department, especially if he hits on this year's Nick Chubb, this year's James Conner, this year's you know whatever receiver you want to throw up there that uh, Tyler Lockett, mm-hmm. Kenny Galladay, you know whichever guy that's coming from from nowhere or picks him up off waivers.
1: Yeah, just for me, that I, also, I, I think for all of us, I'm sorry. Uh, go ahead, Dave. Go ahead, uh, no. But just for all no, of us, no, there's please. no way we would have taken Baker Mayfield over Chris Godwin. But go ahead.
2: No, I, I think you can also say that that same type of strategy can work in zero RB where you're just going to wait a little bit on RB. And I'll run down a team that I did zero RB with. I think we've talked about it maybe a couple of weeks ago on the podcast. But Mahomes at quarterback, DeAndre Hopkins, Devon Diggs at receiver, Curtis Samuel is going to be one of two flexes. Kittle is my tight end because you know me, I'm a tight end lover. And then my running backs are going to be Philip Lindsay, Justin Jackson, Peyton Barber. But I've got a bench full of bunch of, with a bunch of young running backs and both of the Ravens receivers. I think that's a pretty good team. And then when I tell you that it's a 14 team full PPR league that was drafted amongst other analysts in the field, I feel like it's an amazing team. And there, there's absolutely a case to be made to go after those stud players that you want and you know, either try and just have a weak bench or be weak at one running back spot or two running back spots if you must. But I, I think that that's the, the same type of idea.
1: Okay, maybe we will uh, continue this conversation tomorrow. It's a pretty interesting thought. Uh, I think the shallower the league, the easier it is to kind of take that approach, just get studs at every position. Uh, I want to thank Dave and Jamie. Good stuff. Thanks to our producers doing the video work. This is going to be the end of both the video and the audio portion of our podcast. So, uh, Jamie, goodbye. Uh, Gotta go by da-da-da-da. Da-da-da.